welcome to our 17th episode of Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people who are in a relationship with TV. And it's the last episode of the year for us. Yes, it is. We're giving ourselves a winter break. But not really, because we're going to be watching lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. So get ready for 2019. <laughs> <laughs> for this episode, we decided to do our top three as our top three favorite shows we watched this year. Yep. So anything that came out in 2018 was fair game. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard to narrow it down. It was really hard. I so have... it's going to be bonus city. <laughs> bonus city. And like interesting that. to see if our lists will be the same or not or how similar they will be. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm kind of guessing that it may be the same things just in a different order. But who knows? We'll find out right Can't here. <laughs> you get to find out with us. <laughs> okay. What's your number three all-time favorite TV show of 2018? My number three all-time favorite show of 2018 is Maniac. Mmm. Okay. Would you like to expand? <laughs> Yes, let me elaborate. <laughs> I loved Maniac so much. It was really a competition for the third spot on my top three, really, because my top two um, are pretty set in stone. Yeah, they were. But Maniac beat out my other bonuses just because I remember how much fun I had watching it and how much it surprised me episode to episode. And the cast is perfect. And it was so different than I expected, which I loved. In a good way. Mm-hmm. And um, I just had such an emotional uh, reaction to it. Like, that finale. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I didn't expect to be, like, moved by it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really connected with it. And so it beat out my other bonuses kind of by a long shot. It was just so great. Yeah. I feel like though I'm picking my number three was actually the hardest one because then you're leaving out the whole list of other show- shows that also meant a lot to you yeah exactly and i it kind of benefits from being towards the end of the year too Mm -hmm. because as i was looking at other top uh lists end of year lists from Mm -hmm. other news sources and stuff um there were so many from earlier in the year that i had forgotten that i loved too Mm -hmm. yeah well there's a lot because we started this podcast in what month august was it august or september maybe september it was one of the two (laughs) it's it's been a great time. <laughs> well, Sharp Objects was our first show we talked about, and that mm-hmm. was in the summer. Yeah. Like, that's the finale just was... came out. So it must have been, like, the last week of August. Yeah, I think I think it was August, but... When we get an intern in 2019 <laughs> who can fact check these kinds of things for us. That'd be great. <laughs> um, but, so there's a whole half a year that we never covered on the podcast, so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. My number three is homecoming so good clearly we loved it and that 30 minute and also the way that it was filmed really drew me in and is why it was a top spot did that make any sense it made perfect sense (laughs) and i agreed with all of it (laughs) thank you i've already talked we've already talked about homecoming so much that i don't feel like i have to go that much deeper into it but totally i feel like we just did yeah exactly but yeah, no, Homecoming was awesome. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it reminded me of Maniac when I watched it a little bit, just because I loved the ensemble cast and kind of like the twisty turny, mm-hmm. but obviously very different from Maniac yeah. still, but it was so good. In that 30 minutes, yeah, you have to 30 reward, minutes. reward the 30 minute shows. Yep. Especially a drama because that's very rare. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I love it. Yeah. So number two on my list, it's one specific episode. Oh. But it really is the whole show, but the episode is why it earned my silver medal. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, Teddy Perkins. Okay. It's just, how many times have we said that it's a perfect episode of TV? Mm-hmm. Like, so many times. Mm-hmm. It's like a film. It's perfect. It's wild and insane, and it's just a game changer. Mm-hmm. And it's my, it's my number two. The whole season was great. But when I think of the entire season, I will always think of Teddy Perkins first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you've already said my next top two, so. <laughs> but I don't know the order, though. I was though. really thinking that we were going to be a, more different than we were. I was I was So our only difference be... is you have a different number one, and I had a different number three. But, so my number two is Maniac. It's like that game Mastermind. Do you remember that? Where you have to guess the order of the colors? I don't know if I ever played that. You'd probably be really good at it. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. We're like, we're going to play it right now. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll see. <laughs> Sorry, I totally threw you off, but I just got really excited to make that comparison. Anyway, please oh my, continue. Must play Mastermind. <laughs> um, uh. Maniac. Yeah, Maniac was my number two. Um, it just, the colors, the style, the cinematography, the acting, the ensemble, the story, the fur episode. Mm-hmm. I saw something the other day that kind of reminded me of the alien. <laughs> the little blue alien. Uh-huh. And so I think about it all the time. So that is why it's my number two. And I'll just share my number one since the cat's already out of the bag. <laughs> okay. Or should I say Alligator. Atlanta is my number one show of 2018. Every single episode was perfect to me, especially Teddy Perkins. But it was probably one of the only shows that I've kept up with, like, week by week as it was airing. Mm-hmm. That's really saying a lot for mm-hmm. me. I guess I did that with Handmaid's Tale this year, actually, too. And every episode, I was just like, how does this keep getting better and better? But somehow they did it. And that... Even, the, like, Teddy Perkins, perfect. Like, you've said that a bajillion times now on this You can't really episode, say it enough. The podcast in general. But also the last episode leaves you at, like, the perfect cliffhanger that doesn't make you angry and just makes you want more. So, yeah. That's my number one show of 2018. Love it. So my number one, uh, I picked Killing Eve. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. But good choice. I loved it so much. I think it was one of those shows I knew I would love it once I finally had the opportunity to watch it. Mm-hmm. But I, it's rare that something lives up to the hype that much, I think, because mm-hmm. I felt like I saw all year, ever since it aired, like, this is the best show you're not watching or whatever. And I just loved it. I fell in love with the characters and I was surprised how stylized it was like that. And how funny it was. I love a show that has, like, really surprising, jarring humor. Yeah, just, like, really took me 
took me aback. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, it's like we started off the podcast talking about how you're more drawn to the dramas mm-hmm. and I'm more drawn to the comedies. And even though Atlanta's your number one, I feel like that Homecoming made the cut over like some other shows that have more light moments in it mm-hmm. is kind of telling, you know? Yeah, that's true. I'm all about the dark drama. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised that Glow isn't on your top three. That was one of my bonuses. That was fighting for the third spot with mm-hmm. Maniac. I kind of wanted to have new shows in my top three, mm-hmm. especially, but Glow season two is my first bonus because I thought season two was, I loved season one and season two I thought was better. Mm-hmm. I think I, so too. It's, um, I love once, I love what a second season of TV can do once you're familiar with the characters. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did an amazing job. That's why I'm so excited for Killing Eve season two, which do we know if and when or where that's happening? It's definitely happening, but I don't remember when. When? Okay. Um, what are, what's your first bonus? I didn't rank them, but Insecure is also a bonus of mm-hmm. mine. I still have to watch the finale <laughs> of this new season. But I was so happy that, because it was new to me, this, like, the whole the show whole was show. new to me. Yeah. And I loved it. I love it. Yeah. The, this last season was really good, in my opinion. And the finale was really good. It was just relatable. That's all. I love Issa. She's a blessing to us. Um, Another one that I had almost forgotten about, which we kind of briefly mentioned earlier, is Sharp Objects. I saw some people hating it online. Really? Yeah. But... I think people were really just frustrated with the slow burn of it, but I think I enjoyed it because I like good character development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah. And that finale was crazy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was worth the wait. I think personally. so, too. The buildup. You know, one of my bonuses that I forgot was even this year because it feels like part of me now mm-hmm. is Queer Eye. Uh-huh. So that's for sure a bonus on my list because it's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. I also have Barry on my list of bonuses because I love Barry. Oh, yeah. I was actually wondering if that would make it in your top. It was a really tight race for the actual top three. So you need to finish the Insecure finale and I need to finish the Barry finale. Yeah, you do because I forgot you hadn't finished it. And the finale of Barry is also crazy. Yeah. So I'll finish it. We got that's on my Christmas agenda. I was just gonna say we have like our homework mm-hmm. cut out. Literally. <laughs> Did you have any other bonuses? No, those are my main. I just had Succession also because it was a surprise love. I need to finish that one too over the break. Oh yeah, we have been like really um, working hard. It's hard work trying to watch a million new shows. And I know it also feels like hard work as listeners, but (laughs) we're not asking you to watch these shows as quickly and as furiously as we are, but we just want our episode to be there for when you're finished. Exactly. So we just want to be the first Mm -hmm. to watch it and talk about it, and then you can come back to us after you've watched it. Yeah, I'm wondering how many people listened to us before, like, trying to tell if they want to watch a show mm-hmm. and if we convince them versus people that wait until we've watched it. Because I have different podcasts where I if it, I guess it just depends on whatever show 
Because yeah. sometimes I want to know if it's worth my time mm-hmm. or if it's something I have heard of and am excited about, then I'll wait to listen until after. Yeah. Or if you're a person who doesn't want to go, like wants to go into a show without knowing anything mm-hmm. prior. Just completely blind. Yeah. I would say I'm more on that level. So like I get the people who come to us after. 2018 was a good year for TV. Yeah, it was a really good year. Really Hence adventurous. We started this podcast. Yeah. So much to talk about, and we're crazy enough to think other people would care. (laughs) Okay, TV news. I've been very excited to talk about something that I can't really talk about amongst our friends, so I'm going to make them listen to us talk about it on the podcast. (laughs) Um, Taylor Swift is having... is debuting a concert movie of her reputation tour on netflix on new year's eve very relevant to our interests it is very relevant we're big t swift fans yes and a lot of people that we surround ourselves are not so sorry that you have to listen to us gush about it for a few minutes but our girl we're very excited and also i'm impressed that they allowed her i feel like netflix announces things like really early on and like there's a lot of build-up but for this it was like here you go you get it in like a month and a half i, I guess like it was even few less than time than that well they debuted it on oh i guess it was december 13th i was thinking of november 13th wow yeah so it's like you two even weeks. know taylor swift's birthday <laughs> i do i do <laughs> well here's what was funny is that i was looking at my Taylor Swift fan account Twitter list. <laughs> We're revealing a lot today. I'm well, vul- Taylor is. I haven't said anything vulnerable, vulnerable yet. <laughs> um, and some fans were saying on her birthday is when she announced the 1989 movie. And so Whoa, they were like, they're do- good. Yeah. So there was Jeez. like a quiz. They were like, do you think that she will announce the <laughs> Reputation Tour movie? on her birthday and i was like nah and then they were right plus it's crazy that it's not like pay-per-view it's on netflix it's on netflix which is so nice oh my gosh it's such a nice the 1989 was on apple music and i had to like hack into my friend's brother's (laughs) apple music account to watch it yeah at the time when that came out one of my roommates had an apple music account Mm -hmm. that we got to use because like I was not going to sign up for Apple Music, no. I'm a Spotify girl. No, so it's smart to go through Netflix because I'm sure you can make a lot more money because mm-hmm. it reaches more. I would think. I don't really know, but I would imagine. Yeah, I would assume so, but I don't know. I'm excited. Plus, I'm excited because we went to the Reputation show, mm-hmm. and it'll be so fun to see all the different angles and like relive it. Yeah, it'll I be found so out fun. it was recorded at the Dallas show. Oh, okay. So I need to go back and see what that bonus song is going to be. Or do you want it to be a surprise? Probably. You're going to look it up. <laughs> you know, I've been... 2018 has been the year of letting myself be surprised, which mm-hmm. is not a thing. Let go and let God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Our bonus... Song- so for those of you who don't know, Taylor Swift always does at all of the... This is the third time I've seen her live. And every show, she has a song that's different in every single every single show she does. Yeah, and it's she like pulls one out of her like 
back catalog that she hasn't performed in a long time. Yeah. And so it's really exciting and a risk because we don't just universally love every single one of her songs. No. So we were lucky. We saw her in Denver and we got teardrops on my guitar, which even though it's not like in my official top 10 favorite Taylor Swift's uh, list, it was it's my a classic. First, yeah. It was my first Taylor Swift song that I had heard. So yeah. So it was fun hearing her play it acoustic and it was cute. Yeah. And we are still screaming every word. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't wait to see what that one's going to be. I hope it's one of my all-time faves. I hope so, too. It wasn't all too well, was it? Maybe. Should we look it up? Maybe we should just look it up. TBD. We'll see how bored I get. <laughs> <laughs> well, some news that came out last week, it's not really new anymore, but it was after our podcast last week, is that Miley Cyrus is going to be in a Black Mirror episode. I haven't seen her act in a long time me neither but i i really like her acting i feel like Clearly. she was always <laughs> what if i had seen her acting more recently than you <laughs> well, I, I don't was i mean was she in any skits on snl actually this week i didn't oh, see I didn't any hear anything about and it i didn't hear of anything i would i the last thing i it reminds me because i was thinking maybe the last thing i saw her act in was when she hosted snl mm-hmm. like right after the blurred lines stuff yeah and she was funny she's, she's really funny she's but good. Have I seen, I guess I never saw the last song, so I don't know about her dramatic acting. You didn't? No. That was one of my favorite movies. <laughs> wow. Also, I, Greg Kinnear. I know. You know I love Greg Kinnear. But, hmm. yeah, I'll, I would watch I have that it one. on DVD, so <laughs> I'll make you watch it. Well, we'll see if it, well, oh, I was about to admit something. I was, okay, I'll just say <laughs> it. You have to now, because I've admitted a lot of things already. <laughs> I was going to say, my favorite Nicholas Sparks movie is Safe Haven. Hmm. I loved that one. I was surprised how much <laughs> I liked it. So we'll see if this one is better. Even though I, the thing is, I already know what happens. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really. You already can know what happens in the first five seconds of a <laughs> Nicholas Sparks movie anyway. That's true. Okay, so Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, new season, mm-hmm. just dropped on December 5th. Mm-hmm. We watched it, and we're going to report back. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be one of those rare times when it's not just like a complete love. No. I feel like most of the times we end up loving, we just talk about shows we love, mm-hmm. and we don't know going in we're going to love it, but we're just, we always just kind of veer more positively. Mm-hmm. And don't get us wrong, because we still like it, mm-hmm. but we just have some questions, and we just have some grievances and concerns. It's actually on theme, because it's like Festivus on Seinfeld, the airing of grievances. Yes. And now we're going to air our grievances about the so-called marvelous <laughs> Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> Let me just say, let's. I want to start positive. Here is something I absolutely love about the show, and that is Alex Borstein as Susie. Yep. Love her. It reassured me that she deserved every award she got. Oh, 100%. And has been nominated for. I feel like, really liked her in the first season, absolutely loved her in the second. Yeah, you get to see other sides of her, like her with her family. Yeah. And her interacting with strangers and, like, becoming friends with people. Oh, my gosh. And it's really great. It is so funny. And it's, like, I was laughing out loud Mm -hmm. a lot. And I feel like in 
even in Gilmore Girls, and, like, when the script and dialogue is happening this fast, I usually can't even get a laugh in. Like, I can appreciate when something's funny. But with Susie, I was laughing out loud Mm -hmm. several times. Mm -hmm. She's so funny. She's hilarious. And this kind of leads into one of my grievances, but she's so devoted and her whole entire life is surrounded, surrounds Mrs. Maisel. And we can just call her Midge. Midge. From now on. Yeah. Which is an ugly nickname. I think it's interesting. Well, did they just decide that Midge is short for Miriam? Apparently. Anyway, um, and for Midge, she may think that her whole life surrounds around getting into this, the comedy scene, but it doesn't because clearly her priorities are elsewhere as far as like what she does with her time. She's also a mother and her children are only ever in scenes or talked about when it's convenient for them and are not actually being parented. It's bad writing. I feel like the only things I was seeing people tweet about this season before I started it myself were that they're like, where are her kids? Where are her kids? And so I was like, oh, that's just like funny commentary. But no, genuinely, where are her children? Mm -hmm. They go on vacation. They make this big deal about getting the baby out of the car. They're nowhere to be found. No. do they, They don't even talk about a babysitter. Like, they're just kind of extra baggage that I feel like were legitimately maybe forgotten about when they're writing the scripts. Mm-hmm. And why, so like, why do they even really need to have kids in the show? They're I really think the only reason they have kids in the show is to always have a reason to draw back her and Joel. I guess so. But I feel like the way that they have their families, that it's like the Jewish community is so important mm-hmm. in their social lives, that maybe that could have been strong enough. Yeah, that's maybe, true. But. I just feel like it seems like a major oversight. And then when they do bring it up, it's just kind of distracting and annoying. Yeah, exactly. And it's like just for a punchline. Mm-hmm. You know what it kind of reminded me of? And I don't want to just be comparing this to Gilmore Girls the whole time. But there are certain things that you can't help but compare it. Yeah. And some of it was like, remember in the reboot on Netflix, how they would always bring up Rory's boyfriend that they mm-hmm. kept forgetting about? It kind of just reminded me of that. It's like, okay... This doesn't really, this isn't going to tie back. I kind of just, just move on. Totally. Just seemed kind of like superfluous. Yeah. Um, But while I'm talking about Amy Sherman Palladino, it's funny that she seems to love to have these shows um, about girls who are great at everything and every single man who sees them falls in love with them, even if like... Like, and no one dislikes them, and anyone who does dislike them is, like, the villain. I felt like with this season, you definitely see a lot more of Midge's faults, but people are always just forgiving her, and, like, it's just, like, something that they, like, quickly move on from. I feel like I want to see more, yeah, like, more repercussions and consequences Mm -hmm. for certain things she does. Yeah, because she's a terrible daughter. She's a mm-hmm. terrible person to be in a relationship with. She's a terrible mother. She's as, a terrible mother. Covered at length. She's a terrible client. Like, yeah. She's not really good at doing anything other than her comedy. Mm-hmm. And, well, don't forget how good she is at answering the phone and putting on makeup at the makeup counter. That's also true. She does it all flawlessly without <laughs> even... I think one of the things is, I wish that I could see her process for getting good at stuff. 
Like, you never yeah. see her rehearsing her comedy. No. She just gets up there and talks. And everything that I have, like, heard or read about real stand-up comedians is how they make it look so easy, but it's not easy at no. all. They're, like, writing themselves a whole screenplay and, like, memorizing it. Oh, not every single one. Like, a lot of them are more, are more off the cuff. But, like, you have to work really hard. Mm-hmm. And so I would kind of like to see her have to struggle for that. But she basically gets up on stage and does the exact same thing she does in her real life. Mm-hmm. And I would just like to see her have to work harder. Yeah. I felt like they mentioned it a little bit more in this season. Like, I feel like Susie would be like, do you need to practice? And she'd be like, I have been, like, blah, blah, blah. But, like, mm-hmm. so they just, like, would briefly mention it. Yeah, it's like, show, don't tell. Yeah. Please. Um, also... I was happy to finally see, like, because it's not realistic that every single show of hers is going to be perfect. Right. And so I was happy to see, like, one or two shows where it was, like, everything didn't go to plan, go as they thought, as they would want. What? No, that made sense. Okay. (laughs) Well, and I appreciated that, too. Even though usually she bounces back and everyone's like, wow, that was even better than normal. Like mm-hmm. when her dad's in the audience. Like yeah. they still go wild, even though she's talking nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like her jokes don't land, but everyone's like, oh, wow, what a charmer, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though it should be that they were disappointed because she was being so awkward up there because her dad was in the audience. That would have made sense. Yeah. One thing I made a note that one time that I felt very uncomfortable, but it was a great scene at the wedding. Of her coworker mm-hmm. when she's giving her wedding toast mm-hmm. and everyone is like, what, who is she? She's so vulgar and stuff. And it's like, these people don't even know you. So I liked that, like her friend was super mad at her and like offended all this stuff. I, Cause it, and it was painful to watch because mm-hmm. it was like, felt like I felt very awkward, mm-hmm. but I was impressed with the scene. Yeah. It was because- really good. That's real life. But there's no consequences because that wasn't, like, a paying gig, you know? She just felt bad. But I think the consequences are her trying to balance her real life and comedy life. Yeah, that's true. I kind of wish, though, that she, like, I do want to see her succeed and I want Susie to succeed in this role, too. But it would be kind of, like, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it would be kind of nice to have her see have any professional setbacks, I don't, it's just so interesting. It's like with the minute you think she is going to start having a professional setback, something happens and she's back on top. Yeah. It's kind of like crazy. Yeah. Especially, it's just so, I I just found myself like, it's unbelievable how what, like nicely everything works out. Well, especially for how hard they make it sound like, it should be being a woman in comedy in that time. Yeah, but, like, she consistently books gigs mm-hmm. at the same place, places that really famous male comedians are booking. Yeah, so it, I, um, I need to do some more research, but I was really curious, how realistic is this supposed to be? Because, and I did do some research today. I was researching, like, some of the original female stand-up comedians Mm -hmm. from the 50s and 60s because I wanted to see like how realistic is her specific act because like she swears a lot she talks a lot about sex pretty openly and like they always talk about how Lenny Bruce is always getting arrested for being so controversial Mm -hmm. and he's a man yeah so like 
why aren't people and then they obviously bring it up the one time she talks about pregnancy mm-hmm. but i was like is is it realistic that that's the only time she would be like kicked off the stage and i didn't find specific stuff about that but i did find well cuz she got arrested so much like a so much in the first season and then in the second season she it's not like she's cleaned up her act she can say anything she wants but was and this might be wrong, but wasn't she arrested just because she like showed her boobs? And I think or was it also she said what the she F was? Word. Oh, okay. It was all like a combined thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't remember very well. well. I think was she arrested twice? I don't. I don't remember. I think she might have been arrested twice. Okay. Well, then that makes sense. But it's weird that she doesn't get in trouble for anything. Yeah. Now. So the comedy routines I was watching footage of, it was, like, some old stuff from Phyllis Diller and um, Joan Rivers, who well, was that's hilarious. Well, that I read is that this kind of really um, mirrors Joan Rivers. Yeah, I read that, too. Yeah. And then there were some other comedians that I was sad I'd never heard of, but they were very funny. But those were also televised footage. And so you have – and she talked about how she was going to have to clean it up taking it from stage to TV mm-hmm. for the telethon episode. So I guess it might be realistic that, she, like, she would have been able to give such a, like, um, colorful stand-up routine back yeah. then. So yeah. I don't know. I want to research that more, though, because I think that's really interesting. Um, Sorry, that didn't really lead anywhere. No, it's fine. Especially, I just hadn't researched any of that, so good work. My last and final grievance is that for a show that's supposed to be, it's all about her being like a feminist and we're like working through the comedy scene as a feminist is really bothersome to me because there are so many things that she does and part like partakes in that are the opposite of feminism to me and are things that are not really necessary. So I don't understand even why they do it, but like her measuring herself. And then, like, it rubs off on Susie. And where Susie, that's not something she would have ever even thought of. And then she did that, and it was just made me sad. Because Susie's way more of a feminist than Midge is. Well, Midge, it's interesting because Midge is, like, that embodiment of, like, white privileged, like, feminism. Mm -hmm. Because... She doesn't even have to think about money. She's doing this for fun. Mm-hmm. Even even as a single mom, her she still gets to go to her super rich parents' house who could just fly to Paris willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. And so it's an interesting contrast to Susie who tells her, she's like, I like sleep outside. Well, I'm squatting One right of now. my favorite lines from the show is when they're both trying, talking about what they want. And <sighs> she's like, I want money because I don't have any of that. <laughs> Yeah, and Midge, like, doesn't even understand it. It, like, no. doesn't even, like, enter her brain. Which is funny because it shows how bad of a daughter she is because technically her father's also going through stuff and they might not have money. hmm And so, again, it's just really interesting. My last example of it is she's dying to participate in the swimsuit competition when they go to the Catskills and... She's more excited about that than she is about her stand-up career. Yes. And she's pissed when they say she can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me want to vomit. Because so annoying. That is not what... That is just sad. Because she should know better. She's making jokes. She talks about how she knows how to um, 
not let guys take advantage of her. Which also I didn't like. When she's talking about, like, how she's like, oh, it's fine. Like, I can't even feel them groping me anyway. Which I know is, like, a joke. But the whole thing just was kind of, after all the swimsuit stuff bothered me. Yeah. I think it's also, I wish that what she, when she was told, here's how I would have hoped it would be written. That when she was told she couldn't do the beauty contest anymore, that, because she's no longer married, that she wouldn't have even cared because she was finding all this value in other places. Mm Mm-hmm. People are always walking up to her and telling her she's beautiful all the time anyway, mm-hmm. you know? And also now I would like to see her expressing that she feels more empowered when she can control an entire room with her stand-up mm-hmm. than wearing her swimsuit and a sash. Yeah. Good way to put it. One thing... So when, they, when I was, like, wrapping my head around the Catskills, which... I feel like I already thought I understood because of the movie Dirty Dancing, Mm -hmm. but I was like, imagine going every single year of your life on vacation for two months with all of your parents' friends Mm -hmm. and every single person you've known your whole life. Like, that is hell. Well, and just like timed activities every hour on the hour. Skits every meal. Mm -hmm. Dance contests. It sounds miserable. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe that. When I found out that it wasn't just one episode, it was, like, four episodes, I guess by the end they started having fun with it because Susie was there. Yeah, the beginning was of the Catskill episodes were a little hard for me to watch, but the end of them were good, and I really liked them. Yeah, I really think that my deep love for Susie this season really saved... For me, it's why... I have a positive taste in my mouth about mm-hmm. the show. Because if it were just the Maisels, I, I could I can't handle them. They're like not only Midge, but also her parents, they kind of just do whatever they want and just kind of like expect that people will kind of like get out of their way. And so I'm I'm hoping that season three is going to like that's just kind of their MO in life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping season three is finally dealing with all the consequences. And it looks like it will be. Yeah. I feel like it has to be a wake-up call. Yeah. Well, even um, Joel's family is, like, that same mentality, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just... There's things that confuse me. Like, I... They just kind of, like, lightly bring up that all their money came from, like, gangsters, the Mm -hmm. Joel's family and stuff. And I'm just like, how... uh, How do you think that's sustainable? (laughs) I mean, I don't think they do. I now I guess they don't, but I just there's just things about it that I was just kind of at a loss. Yeah. But it was still I think it was even prettier than the first season cuz I think they had more money. Mm-hmm. And it was still funny for the most part and kept my interest and I'll still watch the third season. I again I didn't hate it, but my questions kind of overpower my likes same (laughs) i just have to describe it as a love-hate relationship for me i hate a lot of it but i genuinely love parts of it too one of the things that we both hate is the logo it's the worst thing ever and i wish i didn't have to look at it every episode (laughs) it's so cheesy i wish they at least like would change the color every episode that would be fun but they don't even do that and I wish they didn't do the black screen. I wish they would at least just 
overlay the logo on top of the opening scene at the end. Yeah. But, like, it's such a drastic, here's our ugly, fugly logo. Yeah, like a free font. Mm-hmm. Like, get a graphic designer. Yeah. Especially when it's, like, set in another era. It could be so good. Yeah, it doesn't have to be so literal. Oh, my gosh. Those little starbursts. Yeah, they're so... I hate them. It's bad. So, anyway. had to, I, We couldn't not talk about that. Yeah. And then... Again, I won't say how it ends, but the ending also made me mad. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Like you just said. In a year. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It'll be, I think, one other. I can't help but go in with really high expectations for the show since it's just swept at the Emmys. Yeah. And it's already been nominated for stuff. So many Golden Globes. So I will be interested to see it how... Since we figured out that the Golden Globes have nominated the second season Mm -hmm. of Maisel, we'll see how well it performs. Yeah. Because all of the previous awards were all for the first season. So we'll see if it's just going to continue to be like the critics' fave or what. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Indeed. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Who was your crush of the week? I had to go with... One of my long-term crushes, I don't I don't remember him all the time, but when I see him, it all comes back. Zachary mm-hmm. Levi. You know, I was looking at his IMDb, and I was like, I honestly don't know if I've seen, like, anything that he's in, but I know who he is. He's just, like, you know he's likable in real life. Do you know that my family met him? No. They met him in New York after they saw his Broadway show, and he was like... The most charming, nice, of course. genuine guy making jokes with my sister. And um, like, I couldn't talk to them for a little while after they told me that. Yeah. He's just like sense. this cute, nice little twinkly guy. Mm-hmm. Not little. He's like the tallest man so in the tall. world. He looks like a giant in Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. I looked it up. He's 6'3". Mrs. Maisel's 5'3". And Alex Borstein is 5' flat. <laughs> and so... It's just, it's pretty comical seeing them all interacting because yeah. he's like a giant. But, but he looks really cute in mm-hmm. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and I like his character and yeah, I like him. Yeah, he was He was good. like refreshing and he was, he felt like a refreshing um, outsider. Yeah, which the show needs because everything is just so tightly wound. Tightly wound, such, such close proximity with these families like they're all just everything they do is intertwined with the next person Mm -hmm. like the in-laws even you Mm -hmm. know i liked how their relationship started how like he was pretty standoffish and she didn't even really want to try and charm him and i kind of liked their interactions from there yeah who doesn't like to see a couple that starts off not liking each other Mm -hmm. it's fun it is fun i'm very excited to talk about my crush i can't wait um so i've been watching um different christmas tv episodes we watched together we watched an episode of the office the christmas party episode Mm -hmm. and we watched yankee swap Mm -hmm. and we watched the mindy project the title is christmas party sex trap yes and it was so good i missed that show it made me realize it's so funny um i watched arrested development the afternoon delight Mm mm-hmm I watched the Seinfeld episode with Elaine's Christmas card. Kramer offers to give her a photo shoot. 
mm-hmm. for a Christmas card she can send out. <laughs> but he gives her a different blouse to wear and she misses a button and so her nipples show. Oh my god. <laughs> she doesn't notice until after she sends she it out sends to everybody. It out? Yeah. That reminds me of when I got my own underwater camera. Um <laughs> I don't developed. know the story, but it's already really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I had we had taken it to Seven Peaks and taken pictures underwater and my friend's swimsuit had completely moved over and her whole entire boob was showing. And the poor worker at Walgreens who had to Oh my gosh. I, they could have arrested you guys. Free the nipple. I know. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. So I've had a similar experience, yeah. not really with sending it out to my friends and family, but that War- Walgreens worker. But I'm sure he's seen worse. He probably has. Walgreens? Yeah. Um, okay, I also watched Camp the Camp David episode of Veep. Mm. I love that episode. <laughs> it's really good. So many good things happen in it. They're like, she never does this. <laughs> <laughs> and then, last but certainly not least, I finally watched something that I've been meaning to watch for a long time. I watched John Hamm's episode of Black Mirror. <gasps> Oh my gosh. I was, I saw it on lists of um, like the best Christmas episodes of TV. And I was like, I was like rubbing my hands together. Like, (laughs) this is perfect. So, my boyfriend of the week is John Hamm. You, I didn't even cheat. (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) Remember, we decided it's never cheating. It's true, but I really didn't. No. No loopholes. Mm-hmm. You did it. And he looks good really work. good in that episode. Have I don't you doubt it? Have you I've watched never it? Watched it. I have thought. I thought. That I've you only watched, watched it. Um, the Netflix ones. Yeah, so far. I have two. And then I watched that one, and I was like, "Oh, so it, good." It's one of the favorite Black Mirror episodes overall. I feel mm-hmm. like too. I think so. So I still don't know if I'll go back and watch the other ones, but John Hamm. <laughs> <laughs> the other guy that is in it is also attractive. Anyway, that's it. That was a good pick. Your Thank Christmas you. present to yourself. It's true. Well, we also wanted to pick our crushes of the year, which yes. is anyone who has listened to this podcast, all we of our you. friends and family and maybe strangers. We don't know. We but don't know. you guys have been so awesome supporting us in this podcast and this weird project we just started doing and everyone has just been amazing and giving their feedback and suggestions and listening we greatly to appreciate it. it and we always accept it we always literally and yeah we love you guys so thanks so much for ha- helping us have so much fun with this project this year mm-hmm. so i feel like we'd still do it even if zero people listen so <laughs> we would it's fun for us and fun that we even have one person who listens so yeah which we have more, just so you know. Yeah, we do. We're not gonna. Pu- we have the stats on demand. If you if you want to see them, except we're not showing you. No, we like to keep it a mystery. Do we have like millions of listeners? Maybe. You'll never know. XOXO Christmas girls. <laughs> Girl meets snow. Oh yeah, Christmas girls. 